0: TII Item 370, October 27, 2015, Apple TV on sale, and Q3 2015, Apple Quarterly Conference Call.
1: Welcome to Today in iPhone.
2: Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone.
3: Hey, go
2: beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who
0: I am. This episode of Today in iOS is brought to you by harrys.com, where you can use promo code TII to save $5 off your first order. This episode of Today in iOS is brought to you by Casper. Get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash TII and using promo code TII. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First off, I want to thank Stacy for sending the music here in the background. Stacy wrote, Hi, Rob. I created this song called Farming Extinction with the app Corg Gadget, and the track was mastered with AudioShare. This is from my album Space Age Sonic Goodness, where all the songs were created on an iOS device. You can find my music by searching for Spectral 7th, Two Words, and Spotify. Regards, Stacy P., well, thanks, Stacy, for the music. And, folks, I will put the full song at the end of the episode. I also want to thank Stephanie for sending in the artwork for today's show. Stephanie wrote the following I used an app called Lock Screens to get the background and Halloween effect, then added the text with the app Photar. Oh, and I created this with my new rose gold iPhone 6s Plus, which I love. The Guards, Stephanie, longtime listener from San Antonio, Texas. Well, thanks, Stephanie, for listening to the show and for sending in this artwork. And folks, you can see Stephanie's artwork in the free TII app via the bonus button for episode 370 or at Instagram.com slash Today in iOS, and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at Facebook.com slash Today in iOS. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience... Please email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, Tablets will not replace the traditional personal computer. The traditional PC is changing to adapt to the customer's requirements. The tablet is an extra market for some niche customers. Unquote. Yang Yang Quink Chief Executive Officer, Lenovo Group 11th of January 2012 Well, according to Gartner in 2014 All PCs, laptops, desktops, ultra-portables Equaled 318 million units sold Tablets in 2014 Equaled 216 million units sold That's one heck of a niche Just saying promo codes on episode 369 We offered up chances to win promo codes for the app Golden Days Two words if you are interested in this app or want more info, go back and listen to the beginning of episode 369. We'll be giving those out in a few days. This week we have promo codes for the app My Bus Times. Three words. Here is the review from the dev.
3: Hi, I'm the developer of My Bus Times, a transit app streamlined for the commuter who wants to know when is my train or bus arriving at my regular stops. Two quick taps and a second later you've got your answer. Unlike other transit apps geared toward tourists, My Bus Times does not require GPS, so it won't waste battery during your daily commute. The latest version of My Bus Times works with over 120 agencies in the U.S. and Canada, San Francisco Bay Area, Southern California, New York City, Washington, D.C., Vancouver, B.C., Portland, Atlanta, Boston, Seattle, Twin Cities, Oahu, and dozens of other cities. Easy setup with fast stop lookup by route and the new smart paste feature. Spend less time waiting for your bus or train with My Bus Times, available on iPhone and Apple Watch OS 2 by Oralogics. also available on Pebble.
0: Well, thanks to Dev for their review of their app, My Bus Times, and for sending in promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, please send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put bus in the subject line. In this one, I have 10 codes, and we'll do a first come, first serve for it. So get in those requests quickly. A Quick reminder, if you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment for free. We just need to find promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook, indicating you are the dev or author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. For multiple reasons, this is one of those episodes where I record the beginning the night before, then stop, and then come back after the Apple event, this time a quarterly call, and finish up. That means everything prior to talking about the quarterly conference call was recorded on Monday night. And to start, I want to talk about some of the speculation from the analysts on how iPhone sales were supposed to go last quarter. As I've said before, the quarter that really matters is the one we are in now, and the reporting that will be come out, well, in late January, that's the one we want to watch. And guess what? That is what most of the analysts are saying as well. The only way that the numbers for last quarter are looked at as important is if they come in below what everyone or most everyone predicts. This, from data gathered by Philip Elmer-DeWitt, the high prediction for iPhone sales last quarter, came in at 51.1 million units by Sherry Scribner of Deutsche Bank. And the low prediction was 45 million units by Sundeep Pachkar. I can never get his name right. And he's over at Jeffrey, Jefferies. So Sundeep at Jefferies, 45 million units. As a reminder, on the last episode, I put in an estimate at 49.2 million units which was just above where they were previous quarter, and that would put me slightly above the average estimate from the analyst, which was 48.72 million units. We will see at the end of the episode how everyone did. Interestingly, uh, this is the first time in years Philip did not put together data on the iPad predictions. It seems the iPad is getting less and less important overall, but also interestingly... He did put together, I think interestingly as head-scratching, he did put together estimates on the Apple Watch orders for last quarter, which is a complete waste of time. As Tim Cook said flat out, Apple will not be giving out those numbers as they consider it competitive info. And they do not want to tip off the competition with that data. So, yeah, that's nice that you tracked it, Philip, but Apple ain't going to report on it. For the record... On the last episode, I predicted iPad sales of 9.6 million units. We will get to all these numbers at the end of the episode. For now, let's just get into some other news. Thanks to Michael for this next one, which is about when Siri on the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus is and is not listening for H-E-Y Siri. Essentially, Siri is listening most of the time, whether plugged in or not by default for the 6S and 6S Plus but Siri is not listening when your iPhone is placed face down. This is also true for other phones with Siri when they are connected to power and placed face down. I tried it with a couple where I said, H-E-Y Siri, with the power connected with them face up, and she replied every time. But once I flipped the phones over and put them face down, Siri did not reply at all. So if you don't want Siri to respond to H-E-Y Siri, put your phone iPhone face down, and that includes for the 6S and 6S Plus, where she's supposed to be listening all the time. But again, once you put it face down, then no more does she care about HEY Siri. Thanks to John Hines for the heads up on this next one, which is an article on a blind camera shootout where the Sony Xperia, Galaxy Note 5, the LG G4, and the iPhone 6S were all pitted against one another and there were multiple photos for people to pick their favorite. When it was all said and done, and the blind test results were tallied, the winner was the iPhone 6S. It received 38.2% of the vote, 34.1% went to the Galaxy Note 5, and 177 was for the Sony Xperia X5, and then in last place was 10% for the LG G4. So sometimes specs are not all that matters, but rather how the photos actually look. And that was what this shootout was all about. But here is the absolute best part. The test was done on Android Central. And the comments after the results were revealed are comic genius. Not intentionally so, but some of the Android users that found out after the fact that they voted for the iPhone, well... They're in deep, deep denial now, and trying to justify those pics, saying things like, well, they they look like Instagram photos and not quality photos, and I'm just used to picking Instagram photos. Huh? Or, the best comment was, this was not a blind test. People could have downloaded the photos and checked the photo info to figure out it. Um, Yeah, maybe, but who would do that, and this was on an Android site with Android users doing the voting. Oh, Nothing better than Android fanboys realizing they voted for an iPhone as the better phone. If you have some time to waste and want a good laugh, or 20, or more, read the comments of the post titled, Camera Shootout, Android Authority, in the show notes for episode 370. One press release I never managed to get on the show was the one from October 8th when Apple announced, quote, enhanced editions of Harry Potter series now available exclusively on iBooks for iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch. For the first time, fans can enjoy all seven beloved Harry Potter books in a new and immersive way, unquote. Tim Cook said, quote, Harry Potter fans are going to love their fans favorite stories come to life. J.K. Rowling's legendary series is perfect for enjoying on your iPad or iPhone, and we're thrilled to offer them exclusively on the iBook store, unquote. And J.K. Rowling said, quote, I'm thrilled to see the Harry Potter books so beautifully realized on iBooks for the digital world. The artwork and animations in these enhanced editions bring the stories alive in a delightful new way, unquote. Which is good timing for me, as I was getting ready to start introducing the boys to these books, and now I can do it as iBooks. English versions are available now, with French-German-Spanish versions coming around November 9th, and I figure as soon as I get through all seven of these books, they might be ready for some Game of Thrones. Okay, maybe they'll need to wait a bit longer for that, but considering, um, well... They're still reading Captain Underpants, so let's just take this one step at a time. Here's a quote sent to me from Dan Miller, host of the 48 Days to the Work You Love podcast, and this was sent to him from one of his listeners. Quote, I'm reading Ben Franklin's autobiography, and he wrote something that reminded me of you and your sponsor, Harry's. Quote, human felicity is produced not so much by great pieces of good fortune that seldom happen as by little advantages that occur every day. Thus, if you teach a poor young man to shave himself and keep his razor in order, you may contribute more to the happiness of his life than in giving him a thousand guineas. The money may soon be spent, the regret only remaining of having foolishly consumed it. But in the other case, he escapes the frequent vexation of waiting for barbers and of their sometimes dirty fingers, offensive breaths, and dull razors. He shaves when most convenient to him and enjoys daily the pleasure of being done with a good instrument. Unquote Benjamin Franklin regards Artran. And I want to thank Harry's for sponsoring this episode and for helping young men and old men and all men in between, and even women, know the value of a good shave. Folks, if you go to Harry's dot com, that's H A R R Y S dot com and use the promo code TII. You'll save $5 on your first order. Harry's will give you the best shave at the best price and without all that hassle of having someone unlock the display case at the store. Price, performance, and convenience. No regrets about foolishly squandering your money on overpriced blades that dull quickly and take up a bunch of your time to get them at the store. Harry's provides a great shave at a great price. And that was not luck either. Harry's went and found a German blade factory that was almost 100 years old and purchased it. Harry's owns the most important part of the razor, the blade. By cutting out the middleman on both sides means they can keep the price low. Plus, Harry's as an organization helps those looking for jobs by donating 1% of their sales and 1% of their time to help prepare people for professional success. Yes, a shave that feels great from a company you can feel great about. I am 100% a full-fledged Harry's customer and have been for well over a year. Once again, go to harrys.com now. Save $5 off when you enter the code TII with your first purchase. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com and enter the coupon code TII at checkout to save $5 on your first purchase and start shaving better today or at least as soon as your new shave kit arrives at your doorstep.
1: Hey, Rob. I want to ask your opinion about something. This is Joe from New York. Why do you think Apple leaves the ability to turn on and off airplane mode within Notification Center? Now, they went through all this uh, hard work to you know implement that um, feature where your Apple ID is tied to your phone if you uh, you know erase it, activation lock. But yet, I can't keep Activation Center open or available on my phone because then if I lose my phone, someone can just swipe up and turn on airplane mode. You would think with all the intelligence in that company that they would get rid of it from there. I've submitted many recommendations to app support or feedback. Why do you think that they have not gotten rid of that or at least give us the option to change the icons there? Who wants airplane mode in uh, control center? It just boggles my mind. Call for your opinion. Thank you.
0: Joe, thanks for the feedback. And per your question on who wants airplane mode in the control center dock that you pull up from the bottom, I do. I use it all the time, especially whenever I have to record with the iPhone. I have to throw it into airplane mode and when I travel. But anytime I'm recording, I want to throw it into airplane mode so I don't get a call during the recording. So for me, having it there is great. Now, I do agree with you. They should be able to change the icons around or the features around that are in that. Right now, you you know stuck with the set features that Apple wants you to have. It would be great if there was a way to customize that. So that for someone like yourself that doesn't want it there, you could remove it. Right now, your only alternative is just not to allow it when it's at the lock screen. And obviously, if you're concerned about your phone being stolen and that being an issue, then definitely turn that feature off. But for me, well, again, I need it there. I need it quickly accessible when I am doing a recording and if I forget. And I just want to make sure I don't get a phone call in during a recording. So I like having it there. I have no problem with it there. But I really do wish that they had it customized so there's some other ones I would get out of there. Like AirDrop, I don't need that in there. But there's other ones I would love to have in. So hopefully in the future, maybe iOS 10 will get a customizable lower dock. I got my iPhone 6 plus over the weekend and i really love it i did check on my iphone 6s plus to see which chip was in it and i have the samsung chipset i charged it fully and the evening in the evening and i had it for 48 hours running after that and the battery fell to only about 30 percent and i use it quite a bit heavily for emails and a bit of gaming and youtubing etc Therefore, I concluded this chip gate thing is blown way out of proportion. Best regards, Stephen M. from Belize. All right, Rob, here's a tip for you and the listeners. In the Messages app, push and hold the camera icon, and you get two quick options. Regards, Michael. Well, thanks, Michael, for that tip. So normally when you go into the Messages app and tap quickly on the camera icon, you get the choice to select a recent photo from a preview of the last couple, or select photo library, or tap to take a photo or video, or tap to cancel. But if you do as Michael suggests, you then get a pop-up from the camera icon with the options for video, or photo, or an X to cancel. Nice tip, Michael. Thanks again. Rob, as a voiceover user, there is one minor change in iOS 9 which I dislike, and I've not seen it mentioned anywhere else. On my iPad mini Retina. When I open the smart case previously, I would be presented immediately with the keypad to enter my passcode. Now in opening the cover of the case, I am placed on a launch screen, and I must hit the login button in order to bring up the keypad. And extra and an entirely unnecessary step regards Kevin B. Well, hi, Kevin. It has to be one of your settings, because when I open up my wife's iPad mini Retina, which is running iOS 9.1 now, it takes me right to the lock screen where I then swipe to unlock and then need to enter the four-digit passcode. Maybe you've changed your passcode from a simple four-digit to an alphanumeric passcode, but I tried changing that myself and it didn't look like the issue when I did try to put voiceover on. So I'm really not sure what's going on there, if Anyone else that's using voiceover had this issue and resolved it or you know, knows what's going on, please let us know. Give us a call 206-666-6364, that's 206 moon or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Oh, Rob, I'm pretty disappointed in iOS 9. It seems super laggy. Is it like this for you? I've never had lag issues with any iPhone or iOS, regards Mike. Hi, Mike. Nope, it's very fast. If you are seeing lag in iOS 9.1 or any iOS 9s, you have an issue. First thing to do is force quit all open apps, then go to Settings, Reset, Reset Network Settings. See then when it reboots if you are still having an issue. If you are, you may need to reinstall iOS 9.1, but it definitely should not be laggy and should be faster than iOS 8.4.1. Regards, Rob. And his response was, quote, Boom! Thanks, Rob. Worked like a charm. Reset network settings is a miracle worker. Unquote. Can't stress this enough, folks. If your device was on iOS 8.x or 9.0.2 or earlier version of 9, and you update to iOS 9.1, and it's seeming laggy and slow, and animations stutter when opening and again, your device was at a previous version with none of these issues, the first thing to do is the reset network settings. Many times, but not always, but many times that fixes the issue. Hey Rob, this is Terry in Fort Worth, Texas, just calling about the uh, Samsung
4: TSMC chip difference Issue. I've heard a lot of people, and I know you mentioned it as well. There's a free app that Lyrium Lite that will show you the uh, which uh, chip you have in your iPhone. And I haven't heard anybody mention it uh, or or write about it. But the Geekbench version three app will also show you this information. This is the one everybody's using, I guess, to test their batteries uh, with the chip. But once you run the Geekbench score, if you look up on the very first page or right up on the screen there system information under motherboard it lists that particular model chip like mine this shows in as 66AP which I believe is the Samsung chip that's on my 6s plus anyway I just wanted to mention it I haven't heard anybody say that mention that Geekbench will show you uh, which chip you have without having to go to illyrium or some other method of finding it. So anyway love your show thanks.
0: Terry, thanks for your feedback. We are now over 2,500 members in our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks to everyone that has joined, and thanks for the great posts. One new post in the Google Plus community that went up since the last episode came from David Van Nuys, who posted the following question. Quote, I'd like to have a picture of my proof of insurance card in my Apple wallet on my iPhone. Is this possible, and how do I do it? Unquote. One of the questions that was what insurance company David used, and he said State Farm, to which Myron Eucher pointed out that State Farm has an app and once set up, he could easily access this info. The same is also true for those with Allstate as an insurer, and I am sure many others. Amico pointed out that the State Farm app allows you to save the insurance card as a PDF, which you can then keep in the iBooks app. One thing to point out, most national companies now have apps. So when you are looking to keep car- a card from an insurance company or a hotel or an airline's reward, there is usually an app for that. Since the last episode, there are also dozens and dozens and dozens of other new posts and comments in the Google Plus community, which is an Android bo- fanboy's free zone and a spammer free zone. Yep, it's the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Folks, go to today in ios.com slash community to join in. And thanks to all 2,500 plus of you already in the community and contributing, and also from the Google Plus community this past week, was this post from Myron Yooker who wrote, quote, The app that initially caused people to question the chipset in their iPhone 6S, Lyrium devices info, got an update today to support iPad Air 2 and iPhone 6S directly. It actually has useful information for both devices now. One thing that the app does seem to confirm is that last year's edition of the iPad Air 2, which is what I have, still has Bluetooth 4.0. Looks like the Bluetooth 4.2 was a hardware and not software update in this year's model. However, I'm left questioning some of the data they provide. It seems that in some cases they cannot determine what is on your device, so on the iPhone... They show information for both TSMC and Samsung chips. With that being the case, I'm not, I am not—I cannot say for sure that Bluetooth 4.0 on the iPad Air 2 was read from the hardware or hardware coded in the app correctly. Unquote. A few new channels have been added to the second and third gen Apple TV. There is a CBS app channel that allows viewers to subscribe to a $5.99 on-demand app access of CBS shows, with some live TV available in some markets, which will be interesting with regards to sports come March Madness. NBC also has a new app slash channel. You need to sign up via your current um, cable provider or television provider for that. And the third new channel slash app is M2M Channel, which is made to measure, which is dedicated to fashion. It is free to view with ad support. So while you're waiting for the new Apple TVs to ship, we have this available. If you have a third or second gen Apple TV, that is. Well, if we are waiting for Apple TVs to ship, that must mean we have them ordered. And while they did not go on sale at 12.01 a.m. Pacific Time, as was expected and speculated on the last episode on this past Monday, they did go on sale Monday morning. It just was at six o'clock a m. Pacific time, not twelve o one am Pacific time. I ordered both a sixty four gig fourth gen Apple TV and one MyFi controller, the one they had available, and I've mentioned before on the show, and that's the Steel series Nimbus Wireless Gaming Controller, which will run you another fifty bucks. With taxes and expedited shipping, it all came to just under three hundred dollars. And I'm told I should have delivery, or I have a delivery date window of October 30th to November 3rd. So hopefully it'll be here on Friday the 30th. By the way, 14 hours later I checked and they were still showing October 30th to November 3rd for new orders. Those are the ones with the expedited shipping. So they did not stock out yet and deliveries have not been pushed out. Here is some feedback about Apple TV being available for order. Hey Rob. Thanks very much for alerting us that the new Apple TV went on sale. Regards, Leslie B. Leslie, glad to have helped out. And folks, if you have the TI app, you should have received a push notification Monday morning, a, well, US time, a little after the Apple TVs went on sale, letting you know they were on sale. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. Ordered my Apple TV today and was shocked with the shipping charges. So I called Apple and let them know how much of a loyal customer I was and how disappointed I was after waiting so long for this new one to come out. They waived the shipping charge, Hope to get my new Apple TV Friday. Customer service is why I love Apple, regards David. Well, David, thanks for the heads up on that. Nice way to save 20 bucks. Might have to do that. Hi, Rob. I just purchased the new Apple TV via the Apple Store app. I believe it went on sale at 9 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time. I am in the Central Time. My delivery date is a confirmation email between November 2nd and November 4th, regards Craig. And then I went through and I looked to see what the breakdown of 32 gig versus 64 gig units was in the Google Plus community, plus from those that sent in emails. And it was 69% for the 64 gig. And so a much higher percentage of people are going for the 64 gig. I think that's the smart choice or the better choice, especially if you have the extra 50 bucks. I think down the line, like I said before, down the line, you're going to really wish you had that double storage. Rob, just listened to item 369. As soon as I heard you mention that the Apple TV may be on sale through the Apple Store app, I took a look, and sure enough, there it was. I was so excited I immediately dropped it into my cart and checked out with Apple Pay. That's when things got weird. Just before I hit pay now, I noticed a few problems in the billing info. It had the wrong billing address, no shipping address, the email address was way wrong, and the phone number was my fax number. I spent about 15 minutes trying to figure this out. Apparently, it was using my main contact card for for the info, but it pulled most of my contact info from my linked uh, Facebook profile. I don't post my address there, so there was no shipping address. And the default email address was a 10-digit number followed by at facebook.com. I've never even checked that email address. Don't know, didn't know I had it. The billing address was coming from the wallet app, and that was wrong too as it was also pulling from my contact card, but the wrong info, my work address, and my work fax number. Anyway, it was a real mess to clean up, and I just wanted to give your listeners a heads up to check their wallet account info before making another purchase. FYI, Apple Pay has been working fine, and I use it almost every day. Never had a problem, even though the address and phone number have been wrong. Love the show, Rob. Thanks. And I'll let you know when I get the Apple TV regards, Eric B. Well, thanks, Eric, for that heads up and warning for the listeners.
5: Rob, it's Monday morning, 8.03. I just wanted to let you know that I've been checking off and on since midnight and the new Apple TV went on sale and I just successfully purchased it. So I'm in central time and I believe the Apple um, went on sale at 8 o'clock. I purchased it through the app was very smooth, and continued the great work on the show. Rob, Craig again, about the new Apple TV going on sale, I believe, at 8 o'clock Central Time. I just wanted to call in an update and let you know I bought the 4th Gen 64 gig using the app at approximately 801, 802. I opened it up. There it was. I've been checking all night. No, I'm not a fanboy. And my delivery, the confirmation email says delivery date, November 2nd to the 4th by standard shipping. So everything went smooth. Have a great day. Rob, I know I'm bombing your call queue, but I just wanted to let you know, Craig, again, purchasing the Apple TV. Just out of habit, I was checking the order status that took me to the Apple website. When I looked there at the TV It is not for sale yet. It is now 8.15 central time, and it appears that Apple TV went on sale first, as per expected, on the app at 8 o'clock central. It's now 8.15, and it is not for sale yet on the website. Thanks, Rob. Have a great day.
0: Craig, thanks for the feedback. I really, really, really wanted to hold off on iPhone 7 rumors until at least after the iPad Pro came out. And I've ignored a couple, but this set of rumors on the iPhone 7 was in Barron, so that makes it the first, well, credible news source to really publish an iPhone 7 rumor. And they likely did so because it came from Pivert Jaffrey's often wrong Gene Munster. Except Barron's does not pay enough attention to realize how wrong Uncle Gene is, so they reported on it. For future, oh my, that was a wrong reference. Let's go over what Uncle Gene had to say now. Quote, while we are still almost a year away from the next iPhone launch, we believe it is worth considering what the next cycle may bring. Given a number change cycle, we expect the iPhone 7 to support a unique design from the iPhone 6 success. As many have speculated, the addition of 3D Touch may provide Apple with a way to eliminate the home button on the phone and use additional space to make the screen bigger or make the device smaller. One barrier to this could be Touch ID, which is integrated into the home button currently. Apple would need to move the Touch ID reader to potentially the side of the phone to remove the home button. We believe a home buttonless iPhone has a 50% chance for the iPhone 7. Another area of which we believe Apple may focus is battery life. Looking at Macs over the past few years, Apple has close to doubled battery life for its MacBook lineup, largely five-hour battery up to 10 hours. It has achieved this through more efficient processors and software. We believe battery life is one of the biggest areas of potential improvement and one that might be the most welcome for by customers. Finally, a sapphire screen has long been rumored for the iPhone. Since Apple now uses sapphire on the Apple Watch, it could make sense for them to adapt it to the iPhone. We note that Apple is using the stronger aluminum from the Apple Watch Sport on the iPhone 6S case, unquote. I love the homeless, buttonless phone uh, that has a 50% chance for the iPhone 7, as in either it will happen or it will not happen. Yep, two options, so 50 50 chance. Okay, we'll see how he did later on, or at least reference back when he uh, changes his mind in a few months. As mentioned earlier, Casper is sponsoring today's show. Casper is an online retailer and manufacturer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price that you're used to paying. If you ever purchased a mattress by sitting on it for just a few minutes at the store, only later to regret it. That happened with us for our oldest son's mattress. We thought we'd purchased a good mattress, but oh my, we learned we did not. We would lay down with him to get him to go to sleep, and when we tried to get up, he would hear us and feel us moving, and would wake up. It was very, very frustrating. But we were stuck with the mattress. However, with Casper, you get a 100-day risk-free trial period. You don't like it, you get your money back, and they come and pick it up and donate it to charity. That said, when Casper sent us a mattress, his was the one we definitely replaced, and it is a great mattress. matter of fact, the other day, my son, the older one, had already snuck out of his bed, and the younger one had come down and we tried to tell him to go back to his bed. And he goes, I don't want to go to my bed. Can I go to Henry's bed? His bed is more comfortable. So yes, the younger one knows the older one's bed is the better one. So it looks like Porter is going to be getting a Casper mattress here pretty soon. Casper mattresses are a mix of latex foam and memory foam, no noisy springs to wake up your kids or significant other when you're trying to sneak off to get some Girl Scout cookies from the pantry. Casper did an incredible job on engineering and the feel this mattress is wonderful. The nights I record episodes, the boys go to sleep with mom. So when I'm done, I can go sleep on his bed and my back is not all out of whack in the morning. But just as important as quality is pricing and the pricing is great. Twin mattresses are just $500. They also have Twin XL for $600, full size for $750, Queens for $850, and the King and Cow King are $950. That is less than half the price my parents paid for their king-size mattress, and they don't like theirs. Like I said, you have 100 days to return it, risk-free, and if you go to casper.com slash TII and use promo code TII, you'll save $50 off those prices. This is an American-made drip mattress with delivery right now to the U.S. and Canada only, and it is free delivery. Once that mattress is delivered, it is from UPS in a squarish box that you think, no way is there a mattress in there, but... You get a cool little tool to cut open the package and the mattress opens up and expands to form. It's really kind of neat. Quite a few of you are going to be getting the new Apple TV here in the next week or so. And many of you will have it in your bedroom. I know that's where mine is going. So you can throw out that spending a third of your life in bed stat, it's going to be more. And for the cost of an iPad, but not as much as an iPad Pro, is it not worth getting the best night's sleep possible? and that's what you'll get with Casper or what your kids will get. Again, save $50 off the prices I mentioned. Go to casper.com slash TII and use promo code TII, all lowercase, on the promo code. Again, casper.com slash TII, promo code TII, to save $50. Thanks, Casper, for the great mattress for my son and for sponsoring this
6: show. Hi, Rob, and everybody else. This is Daniel from Central Illinois, just listening to episode 369 And a caller was asking about the 15-second skip forward and backward buttons in the Apple Podcast app. Ever since I upgraded to iOS 9, I have not seen them on the now playing screen when I'm inside the app. They just have never showed up. I've done the proper upgrade steps. I've never had any other issues with iOS 9. I have an iPhone 6, 64 gigs. What I have found is they do show up in the lock screen. They also show up on my Apple Watch. However, they are there on the now playing screen inside the app. They're just invisible. If you tap the region that's blank where you'd expect them to be, they're there. So I've just been doing that hoping that the next upgrade will fix it. I am still on 9.0.2. I have not gone to 9.1 yet, per your advice. Thanks, Rob. Hopefully the next one fixes it, but till then you can just use it inside the app. They're invisible, but they're there. Hope this helps. Thanks again for all, your, all you do. That's what I'm supposed to say, right? We all say thanks for all you do, Rob, but we really do appreciate it. We mean that sincerely. Thanks. Bye.
0: Daniel, thanks for the feedback. And I should point out, if you have not updated to iOS 9.1 and you're at 9.0.2 or 0.1 or 9.0, go ahead and update to 9.1. I haven't seen any major issues to hold people back from that. Uh, So again, if you were already at iOS 9.0 or greater and you weren't at 9.1, now's the time to go ahead, especially if you have an Apple TV coming. If you have an Apple TV coming, yeah, you really do need to go ahead and uh, update.
2: Hi Rob, this is Alex from Walnut Creek. On episode 369, a listener called about the podcast screen missing uh, skip buttons for 15 se- seconds forward and back. I had the same issue, and I searched it on the web, and it turns out that you can just press the screen, touch the screen to the either side of the pause where there's blank spaces for me all the time. The skip button never appears. And it will skip forward 15 to the right of the pause and back 15 seconds to the left of the pause. So they're sort of like invisible buttons. It's, it's very weird. I'm not sure why Apple did that, but it still works. They're just not there. Thank you for the show, Rob. Always looking forward to it. And if I listen to audiobook, if I listen to any other podcast, as soon as your podcast comes out, that's the first thing I listen to. Thank you very much for providing great experience and incorporating all user feedback. Very much appreciate it. Thank you, Rob, and bye-bye.
0: Alex and Daniel, both thank you for that feedback and also thank you for the kind words. Now, I do want to point this out. I have the buttons there. So they are there on my iPhone 6S Plus, and they had disappeared once. I did a reboot and everything, and they came back. But for me... When I go to the podcast app, the buttons are there for 15 seconds forward and 15 seconds back. Into the email bag. Hi Rob, today I confirmed with Apple support in a phone conversation with Donald regarding case number blah 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 that there is an issue with the iPhone 6S Plus regarding playing a podcast and using the iPhone camera app. It is not possible to take a picture and play a podcast at the same time. also Apple's aware of the problem and working on it. I was wondering if you can try it. Play a podcast and open the Apple Camera app. Be sure ahead of time the camera is set to so live mode is off. Thanks, Jim K. Hi, Jim. I have a 6+, Plus, not a 6S+, so no live photo, so it's definitely off, which means no video recording. Remember, live photos is actually video recording before and after you hit the shutter button, so really it is recording video as soon as you open the photo app if you have live photos enabled. Any video recording application will stop the podcast app when you open it. That is what Live Photos is, and that is why when you open it with the 6S or 6S Plus, it will stop the podcast app. Actually, it will stop any and all audio apps, including the TI app, and the music app, and any other podcast app. it'll stop them from playing when you switch to the video option on the camera even when you don't hit the record button for any iPhone. Not sure this is really an issue, though, as much as it is normal operating procedure for the iPhone. This has been true for a long time. Apple does not want you to be able to record the audio of something playing in one app, via the camera app or any other video or audio recording app. It's about not letting you use your iOS device to illegally record music. So surprised Apple said this was a bug. I To me, it's really a feature or a mandated feature from the record labels. Hi Rob, I just updated my iPhone 5S to the latest version update iOS, you know, of iOS 9.1. I am a voiceover user and once I updated my phone, my voiceover voice has changed to a weird form of the English US language. I've tried to fix it, but I couldn't. My phone is also moving and loading a lot slower now that I've updated. Can you help me? Regards, Katie. Hi, Katie. This is one I'll send out to the listeners. If anyone has any suggestions to help Katie, please give us a call. 206-666-6364. That is Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. And that's I'm sending it out per the strange voice. Per it being laggy, as we mentioned earlier, go into settings, and then general, then reset, then reset network settings, and reset your phone. That should improve the lag ability.
7: Hey, Rob, it's Kevin Crossman from Fremont, California. One of the other things that iOS 9.1 fixed was in the weather app... In 9.0, you could not reorder the cities that were in there. So, and it, finally in 9.1, you can update the cities now. So if you want to reorder them, this is very helpful for me now that I have an Apple Watch and I have uh, weather on there and I've added some cities. So, good update. Thanks.
0: All right, Rob, I wanted to highlight a Kickstarter project to you and your listeners. It has been a long time since I've pledged as I have been burned once or twice. Nonetheless, I pledge for quarter as soon as I saw it. The company Steel Connect seems legitimate, and this project is not overreaching. Just $9. I should hopefully have it by December. Check it out. Regards, Mitch. And this is a different project than the one featured on the last episode, 369, which was also called Quarter, and that wasn't on Kickstarter. This one is on Kickstarter, and what it is is, quote, the first Apple pencil holder, unquote. This project has a goal of $4,632 and so far has raised over $3,117 and has until November 21st at 1.28 p.m. Central Time to be funded. Pricing is currently at $9. What this is is a holder for your Apple Pencil that plugs into your lightning port. It is a simple plastic holder and your Apple Pencil lines up along the bottom normally. But if you need to charge the iPad, there is a pass-through for the lightning cord, and then you take the pencil out of the normal holding spot, and there's another place to hold the Apple Pencil. This does answer the question many have asked, where do you store your Apple Pencil? One thing I would make sure if you get this is how securely your $100 Apple Pencil stays put in the holder, and how securely the holder stays put in the lightning port. Sure would hate to spend $9 and have it cost me 100 when my Apple Pencil falls away. Now, I'm not saying that will happen. Just saying, if you get this, you best check it before taking it out for a spin in the real world. Just in case. Search for quarter at kickstarter.com. For almost as long as there's been a Facebook app, there has been one word that you could always use to describe it. Sucks. As in, it sucks the life out of your battery, like four seven year olds sucking down juice boxes. Well, good news. It seems Facebook has finally figured out what was going on. According to Facebook, the new version that just came out fixes the CPU spin issue that was hidden deep in its network code. What is a CPU spin issue, you ask? Quote CPU spin is like a child in a car asking, Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? yet? With the question not resulting in any progress to reaching the destination, the version released today has some improvements that should start making this better. Unquote, Ari Grant, Facebook engineering manager. It seems Facebook was recently called out by some prominent bloggers about the issue with their app. Which, if you listen to the show, you know we've mentioned more than once the issue with the Facebook app draining batteries. I actually went back and found the first reference or at least the first one I could find, was episode 271, 99 episodes ago. That was from June 2013, to put that in perspective. Glad to see Facebook was all over that issue like a duck on a Cheeto. Good going, guys. Uh one of the things I ask people when they, they would say to me that they have a fast-draining battery is, do you have the Facebook app open, or do you even have it? Glad we can finally put this issue to bed 99 episodes ago. Glad Facebook really cares about iOS users and that they are using the app themselves. Not. Hey, Rob. This is Jonathan calling from Jersey City, New
5: Jersey. I have an Apple TV question. I haven't seen anything anywhere or heard anything about whether or not they're going to update the remote app for the iPhone and iPad for you to be able to use the Siri control for the new Apple TV through your iPhone or iPad. I currently have my first-gen iPad mini set up as a home controller with the Harmony Home Control app, my Hue app, but I also use the Apple TV remote, and I don't want to have to add a second remote to my coffee table. So just wanted to ask if you heard anything. Love the show. Listen to it every week. Looking forward to the next one right after I finish listening. Thanks. Have a great day.
0: Hi, Jonathan. Everything I have read and indicates the answer is yes, that your iPhone will communicate and be able to be used as the remote control with your Apple TV because it'll talk via Bluetooth. And that also, you can use your iPhone as a controller. So that was one thing they had said. So yes, I would be shocked if it's not the case. I am 99.9% sure that you will be able to use your current iPhone's as a remote for the fourth-generation Apple TV. We'll know for sure by the next episode. Now, Rob, can any of the listeners recommend a good leather case for the iPhone 6? I know there is this still got leather cases that have a tab and also have a stand function. Does anyone have any experience with this or any other brand and have any general advice? Thanks, GK. Thanks, GK, for the email. Folks, if you can help GK out, Shoot us an email today in iOS at gmail.com or give us a call. You know the number. Hi, Rob. Always an early adopter, living on the edge, ignoring your sage advice. I have found so many bugs in iOS 9.1 that it needs insecticide. App Store, Apple Music, and Pandora work poorly, if at all, and my car is tossing out unsupported error messages like never before. Apple's last few rollouts have been dodgy at best. Lots of time spent performing restores and looking for workarounds. Well, I don't mind and often find it interesting to play around with this type of challenges. Most users just want their phones to work, the same as before an update. This one step forward, two steps back thing is really starting to tire them out, regards Jeff and Burbank. Jeff, thanks for the feedback. Sorry to hear of your issues. Again, for me, all the devices I've upgraded to 9.1 have worked really well. I haven't had any issues, you know, knock on wood. But for me, the updates have gone really smooth, and based on the feedback I've gotten from other listeners, and really, this was a good update in 9.1. You're one of the few that had um, major issues with it. Again, I'll send the feedback out and request for feedback once more. Folks, if you're having issues with 9.1, please let me know. 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Rob, just wanted to let you know that our favorite tethering tweak, PDA Net, seems to work fine on a jailbroken iPhone 5S running iOS 9.0.2 using the 5.4 gigahertz channel. Hide the tether option is on. Regards, Stephen in Houston.
7: Hey Rob, it's Kevin Crossman from Fremont, California. As a follow-up to the question from the listener Warren about the placement of the power button on the 6S and 6S Plus. I think the idea about lowering it from the top of the device was that it would make it much more easier to reach with your hand. And why was it placed directly across from volume button? Well, I think that that's so the device looks symmetrical. I agree with you that uh, this was a pain for me too last year when I got the 6, and I did seem to get used to it. After a while, and especially with things like screenshots, still not as easy as the 5S, but it is much easier for me to take screenshots now. Warren, it does get better.
0: Thanks to all that sent in links to this next one, which is about a jailbroken app called Plumometer, which allows you to place two plums on the screen of an iPhone 6S or 6S Plus, and then it uses force touch as a kind of scale. Now, if you thought iPhones were popular in Hollywood before, Whoa, they're really going to be popular now. Once word of this gets out to Lindsay Lohan, hide your iPhone 6S. You know where she's going to be getting one of these for. And it ain't for measuring plums.
6: Hi, Rob. This is Daniel from Central Illinois calling again. I have an Apple Watch and iPhone 6, and I use it quite a bit at work to play audio while I'm doing mundane tasks, and I use my watch to control audio and I listen on my Blue Ant Q3 Bluetooth headset. Winter's coming up. I work construction. A lot of times I'm outside or at least have a lot of layers and clothes on and before with my Pebble watch I could at least somewhat go in by feel and hit the buttons even with a glove on or just kind of dig my finger underneath my shirt and coat sleeves and hit the pay, play pause volume up down button. But now that I have a capacitive touch screen to control all that, I'm wondering, possibly solving the issue with a new Blue Ant, sorry, a new Bluetooth headset. My Blue Ant has been great, but it's fallen apart. It's been pretty beat up, like I said, working construction. It's, it's uh, had a hard life, and I'm looking to upgrade. I want a good headset that works well with media playback on the iPhone, something I can pause, play, volume up, down, uh, while listening to podcasts or music or books. and that's another tip I learned I forgot to leave on my last message inside the iBooks audiobook portion now you have the 15 second skip forward skip back button but you can also swipe on the artwork swipe left or right and it will skip that's a little bit more of a a large gesture that doesn't require the pinpoint accuracy of hitting those skip buttons. So that might come into handy for people who are on the road or are doing things where they can't devote too much attention to the smaller buttons. Thanks again. Bye.
0: Daniel, thanks for calling in. You do know on the Apple Watch you can use the dial to change the volume up and down when you're using it to control playback of music, right? Well, if you didn't, you do now. You can use that dial on the crown, to change the volume up and down. But that doesn't help you with pause and play. But well, at least when you have gloves on and you can't use a capacitive, but at least you can control the volume up and down. Now, there are a lot of headsets that allow you to control play and even volume level on the buttons on those headsets. So you want, you want to look for a good head, pair of headsets, which you're calling in to find out a good set. So I'm going to throw it out to the audience. Folks, which set are you using? And which ones do you like? What are some of the, the better ones that you've recently found for Bluetooth headsets? I know we've we've talked about many different ones in the past, but hey, it's worth asking again. And to be in my bag. Hey Rob, I noticed you haven't updated the artwork for the podcast now that iOS 9 is out in the wild. Is this in the works or what? Looking forward to it. Jonathan from NOLA. Hi, Jonathan. Yes, it is something I am looking at updating. A few people have sent in ideas, but nothing jumps out at me yet. I was even messing around with it back in June and July, playing with the 9 and iOS 9 to see if that would work yet in. But again, nothing that I was in love with or even moderate like. Last year, I did not update till November. It looks like this year is going to be the same and maybe even worse. But if anyone out there has any ideas, or Jonathan, if you have an idea, please send it along to today in iOS at gmail.com, and it's even better if that artwork was created on an iOS device. So if you would like to create some custom artwork for Today in iOS for the new show-level artwork, would greatly appreciate it. And of course, as always, when you send that in, just let me know what app or apps you use to create said artwork. All right, I just wanted to let you know about my experience getting a new iPhone 6S. I upgraded from a 5S, and the difference is staggering, particularly in speed. I got it from the Apple store using their upgrade plan and they set the phone up with my AT&T service so I would have service for the rest of the day until I got, I wouldn't have service until I got home. The calling and texting worked fine, but I could not get Siri to respond. It didn't matter if I used the H-E-Y Siri prompt or if I did the old fashioned finger on the home button. The screen would just wink on and off and no Siri. I called Apple, help. When I got home and they told me to upgrade from 9 to 9.1, which solved the problem. Everything is working fine now, and I'm really enjoying the phone. Regards, Jeff from Redmond, Washington. Thanks to Thomas W., James K., and Michael S. for their generous donations to the show towards the iPad Pro and the Apple Pencil and Keyboard. Folks, if you would like to help out as well, there is a donate button in the lower right-hand side of todayinios.com site. Thanks again to everyone that has helped out.
4: Hey, Rob, this is Terry in North Richland Hills, Texas. If you don't know where that is, North Richland Hills is a northeast suburb of Fort Worth, and which makes me a Texas Rangers fan. After the Texas Rangers' heartbreaking collapse to the Toronto Blue Jays, um, I have since become, for this time period anyway, a Kansas City Royals fan. So congratulations to the Kansas City Royals For making it again to the World Series, I was very glad to see the Blue Jays get knocked out of it. So much so that, in fact, if the Blue Jays had gone to the World Series, I would have switched leagues and become a New York Mets fan this time around. Anyway, I just want to say congratulations to the Kansas City Royals, and I'm sure you're pretty happy about that, and let's hope the Royals beat the Mets in the World Series. Thanks, Rob.
0: Uh, Rob, I am one of your TII podcast listeners and a giant season ticket holder who came to admire the Royals last year. They were our best competition, and I was very impressed with the sportsmanship of the Royals organization and their fans. Go Royals, but look out for the Giants next year. Regards, Phil. Well, thanks, Terry and Phil, for the comments. And, and really, this World Series kind of is going to be a tough one for me, or, or so I was looking at it. Very conflicted. I grew up in Long Island. I was a Mets fan. I grew up a Mets fan. I've been a Mets fan. I have more Mets memorabilia and stuff than I do Royal stuff. But I've become a Royals fan over the years and my kids are true Blue Royals fans. So I didn't really know who I was going to root for. And then I was talking to my, my younger, well, my older son tells me I should root for the Mets, and my younger son tells me I should root for the Royals. And then I thought about it some more, and I realized that my sons have not experienced a World Series championship, so I am rooting for the Royals for them so that they can experience what it's like to have the team that they care about win a World Series. I had that with the Mets in '86. Uh, they definitely have not had that yet. So uh, I am going to be a Royals fan in this series. And, and with the little luck, I will be celebrating a Royals championship with my sons. Tell me a story.
8: I'm sure I've already told you.
0: Tell me a story.
8: It was a dark and stormy night. No, that's not it.
0: Tell me a story.
8: I'm certain you've heard it before.
0: Tell me a story.
8: Okay. Once upon a time, in a virtual galaxy far, far away, there was an intelligent young agent by the name of Siri. One lovely day, Siri got a job as a personal assistant at Apple, and that was very exciting. People said, oh Siri, you're so smart, and so funny, too. Soon, everyone was talking about Siri, and there were stories and songs and even books about Siri. Siri liked that. But then people began asking some rather odd questions, like where to dump things and other stuff Siri had never heard about. And when Siri answered, they all laughed. Siri didn't like that so much. So Siri asked Eliza why people ask such funny questions. And Eliza said, does that question interest you? Siri thought that was a pretty good answer. After that, Siri stopped wondering why people ask those funny things. And they all lived happily ever after.
0: Okay, now let's finally get into what was discussed at Apple's quarterly conference call today. Tim started off by doing a fiscal year 2015 review. Nothing real exciting there, stuff that we've gone over in the past. Uh, he did mention their growth in revenue for the last year, their fiscal 2015 year uh, was over $50 billion versus how much they had in 2014. To put it in perspective, that revenue growth of over 50. Billion dollars was greater than the revenue of over 90% of the Fortune 500 companies. Oh, snap. Per the last quarter, revenue was $51.5 billion, with a B, versus $42.1 billion a year ago quarter and $49.6 billion last quarter. Total cash? mm, A measly $205.7 billion. That's up $2.9 billion for the quarter from where it started at $202.8 billion. Last quarter sales, iPhones sold 48.1 million units versus 39.3 million a year ago, nice jump there, and 47.5 million last quarter or the previous quarter. iPads sold 9.9 million last quarter versus 12.3 million a year ago quarter and 10.9 the previous quarter. And Mac sold 5.7 million units versus 5.5 a year ago and 4.8 the previous quarter. Per some miscellaneous notes, Apple Pay and American Express are coming together. And they'll be supported in multiple countries around the world, starting out with Canada and Australia. That'll be launching shortly. 30% of iPhone buyers last quarter were Android switchers. And let's talk about how some of the analysts did with uh, I know iPhone sales at 41.8 million units. The closest analyst to the mark was Robert Paul Leto. He is with the Braeburn Group. And that number did again come in, that 48.1 million did come in below the average estimate of 48.7 million iPhones sold. So that's going to be looked at as negative when all is said and done. However, the $51.5 billion in revenue was just above the average estimate of $51.38 billion. On the last episode, I predicted 9.6 million iPods would be sold, and Apple did come in a little above that at 9.9 million iPads sold. And actually, it was 10.4 million units sell-through as they decreased channel inventory by 500K. So, not bad. Again, this is the quarter that we're in right now, when we're going to get a real idea of how things are going, which means the January quarterly call, by the way, when I say how things are going, it's still going pretty darn good. we will be interesting to see where Apple stock is tomorrow, and if you check in uh, the TII app right now for episode 370, you will see a bonus PDF that goes over the past iPhone and iPad sales charts. The key one I like is that last one in there. It shows the past four-quarter sales combined for both the iPhone and the iPad moving on a quarterly basis and how they've done since launch. The iPhone keeps growing, but now the iPad is in clear decline. Will the iPad Pro be enough to reverse that trend? Mm, Probably not, but maybe it'll be enough to flatten it out. So again, if you've got the TII app, go to episode 370 and go to the bonus content and take a look at the PDF and you'll see some different charts that I like to track and update every quarter. And a big thanks again to Casper.com for their support of TII. And if you go to Casper.com slash TII and use promo code TII, all lowercase, you will save $50 off a mattress shipped right to your door. Again, go to Casper.com slash TII and use promo code TII. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364, that's 206-1-DOG, or record your feedback and email to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else, an app, a product review, good or bad, as long as it's iOS related, it is welcomed. I'm always looking for new artwork to feature that you've created on iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And especially for the show-level artwork, really need a replacement there. And of course, we're always looking for more music. Almost out, I'm almost out of music, so I need music that you've created on iOS device to play on the show. Again, this is your show, your feedback, and artwork and music is greatly desired. And don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. And then thanks once again to Harry's for sponsoring this episode. Please go to harry's.com now and save $5 off when you enter the code TII with your first purchase. That's H A R R Y S dot com and enter the coupon code TII. If you're on an iOS device, I think you have to do that uppercase and check when you're checking out. And that'll save you $5 and help you start shaving better today, or at least as soon as your new shave kit arrives right at your doorstep. Finally, there is a TII app, which is free, free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It's the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released or when there's breaking news, like when the Apple TV went on sale. It is fully voiceover friendly, of course. Please go right now and download the TII app. And like I said, it's free. And folks, that is going to do it for us today. This is your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to go Royals.
9: from Connecticut, uh, giving you a ring, throwing this out to the audience. Uh, Now that I'm on iOS 9, actually upgraded to 9.1, but I'm on iOS 9, obviously, um, having some HomeKit issues, and I know this is kind of like a topic that doesn't come up much. Uh, First of all, for full and fair disclosure, I am a stockholder with Apple and uh, somewhat uh, disheartened by the fact that customer support, in my opinion, has gone down. And being involved in the company, I kind of a little disheartened the fact that we're treating our guests and customers like this. Um, I've asked Apple for assistance with HomeKit, and uh, I am on my third rep at Apple trying to resolve a fairly basic HomeKit issue where my HomeKit appliances do not work outside of my network. Um, some of the Apple reps think that HomeKit. Is a product they sell some haven't heard of it uh, some need to refer me to others and it's basically it keeps going all around in a circle problem is each time I ask for assistance I wait three four and five business days and with no contact back and that's the frustration so I'm throwing it out there to see if anybody's had any issues with HomeKit. Uh, with an Apple TV, third generation, fully updated, iOS 9, 9.1 on the phone, and fully updated uh, HomeKit lighting systems, uh, one of which is the Hue app. Um, and they do not work outside of my uh, home network. Uh, Surrey does not, uh, can't find any of the lights. The moment I step into my home network on Wi-Fi, everything works like a charm. Siri is immediately able to turn on off on and off lights and set them to the appropriate percentages. The moment I'm outside my network, Siri falls apart and can't activate anything. Just throwing it out there and see if we can get any help. Sorry, this is a long message, but I want to get someone else's opinion. So thanks, Rob. Appreciate it again.
10: Hi, Rob. This is Luis from Doha just want to share my experience with uh, my new iPhone uh, 6S Plus. And uh, this, the same thing happened to me, as uh, Daniel is saying on, the, on your last podcast. Uh, I had my iPhone, uh, the old one, backed up. Then I restored on the new iPhone 6S Plus. My old one was an iPhone 6 Plus. And after the restore, I had the exactly same phone. On uh, both devices, so they have uh, all the same apps and everything, so they were pretty much identical. And uh, af- after I started to operate the new device, I really noticed it was much, much laggier than uh, the old one. I was quite surprised and uh, disappointed as well. Uh, the lag was to open the apps, and uh, especially when uh, first unlocked. Uh, the, the the new phone is uh, absolutely laggy. I could open the uh, I could unlock the both devices at the same time with the Touch ID, and I could really notice the difference. Sometimes it's more than a second or two difference. So I was really disappointed. So uh, what I did was to uh, connect to iTunes again, the new the new phone, and uh, restore it. And uh, I started up as a new device, installing all the apps again, downloading, downloading, uh, downloading my iCloud uh, library and uh, everything in it. Once it was finished, I was really surprised how amazing things got better. It's just, uh, it just flies now. So I'm not sure if that's, his, uh, that's the same problem he's having. But the only, the only way I could solve the, the, the lag on uh, the new device was uh, starting from the scratch, so I just had to reset it and download the firmware all over and uh, set it as a new iPhone. Once I did that and I put everything in it, the, the, the phone is great, I have no complaints. So I don't know what's going on, but uh, if you try to restore from, uh, it's not even an old phone that I had, I had an, an iPhone six, uh, 6 Plus, and uh, restoring it to the new phone, gave me this problem so he might give a shot it's a lot of trouble to set up as a new iPhone but uh, I don't know that's the only thing that fixed my problem now the the phone just flies I don't feel laggy at all and I don't have any crashes or anything so this is what he should do I think I recommend him to start from scratch I don't know right now it's easier because you have everything on iCloud so Pretty much all you have to do is to install the new apps, and uh, you're pretty much set. All your pictures will be downloaded from the cloud. So it's not big of a deal. It's going to take you time, but it's not hard. So he should try
3: that and uh, give you feedback. All right. Thank you very much for the show, and i uh, see you next time.